Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Well, hello, Delora. How are you? I'm doing great. I feel like after our Essence Fest trip, and of course my birthday, <laughs> there's a there's a renewal, there's a refresh, and I'm excited to get into this recap. Happy belated birthday on the mic, by the way, because we didn't even talk about that last week. So y'all show some love to Miss Delora <laughs> out here. Happy belated, sis. Thank you very much, Ashley. I appreciate you and I appreciate your gifts. It was gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Very impressed. No problem. So we are talking about one of the icons of pop culture, frankly, mm-hmm. Miss Jennifer Lopez and her Netflix documentary named Halftime. It came out June 14th, 2022. Here's a quick summary. Global superstar Jennifer Lopez reflects on her multifaceted career and the pressure of life in the spotlight. That is the Google summary. It stars Jennifer Lopez. Her family is highlighted as well as her managers. It was directed by Amanda Macelli. So Rotten Tomatoes gave this film 83% from critics and 87% from the audience score. And Google users gave this documentary 67%. Hmm. Ashley, what's your grade for halftime? Yeah, I gave it a B. This was one of my previous hidden gems that I enjoyed because we had just been talking about J-Lo with her accepting an award and all of that. And I felt like this documentary gave me glimpses into sides of J-Lo that I honestly hadn't seen before over the course of her career, including more info about like her relationship with her mother, feelings, um, to your point, in the, you know, bio of the information about just these major moments she's had in her career over the last few years. And I have to say, I came away with a deeper appreciation for her as an artist and as a person. So it's a B for me. What about for you? Yeah, I gave this film a B plus. I really appreciated her letting us know what she's done all these years. (laughs) It is not every day that a celebrity is able to survive in this limelight and with relevancy, right? Mm. Uh, She's Mm. definitely had uh, high highs and she's had some lows in her career. But when I tell you this documentary highlighted a segment of her life and her career that was on fire. Yeah. (laughs) We're talking 50th birthday, halftime show, filming a film, you know, um, hustle promo and Oscar buzz. Like this was a major time in her life. 
singing and at the inauguration girl, of Joe Biden and Kamala and Harris. Kept going one thing after another. I was impressed by her hard work and stamina, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that being said, I don't know if there's a spoiler or anything like that, but spoiler alert. <laughs> her family migrated from Puerto Rico, which is, by the way, a U.S. territory. So it's still America. Indeed. People. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she was raised by her mother and father, was a family of fives. She had her two sisters. First of all, were you aware of her siblings? Like, I knew she had siblings, but I didn't know it was like two sisters. I knew, I knew about one of her sisters. She's, I've seen interviews with one of them. I didn't, I don't think I ever realized it was two additional sisters. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure how I missed that, but, Same. but yeah, I was that, the, the second sister caught me off guard. <laughs> Linda, really I think is the one I knew it was Linda. And JLo is the middle child, which says a lot. I'm just joking. <laughs> we Jan, talk a lot about Jan, Jan. birth order sometimes on our show here. What I thought was fascinating is she talked about how her mother introduced her and her sisters to the arts and her mother loved musicals. And she was fascinated by the idea of a triple threat. I really also appreciated the idea that in some ways she's her mom's dream is able to live on through her um, because her mom wanted ambition and independence because that was not something that was taught to her generation, but she instilled it into her daughters. Yeah. What were your initial takeaways of JLo's early life? Again, her relationship with her mother, I didn't have that much insight into previously. So to know that they butted head so much and that she was, J-Lo was kind of the one who gave her the most grief, essentially, and that she left the house when she was 18 and all these things, like I... I wasn't aware. Like I knew she was close to her family for sure. Yes. And her and, mom, she takes her mom everywhere. And her mom in particular. So I found it interesting. I think it's always great once you start reaching levels in your life where you start to see the humanity within your parents and are mm-hmm. able to relate to them in different ways that you couldn't throughout her childhood. So you can Absolutely. tell that there's been stages probably and levels within their relationship. And they probably, you know, I think they've reached that point. Like Jalo said, my mom is complicated, but she did what she had to do when she made yeah. me the woman that I am. So there's that respect and that reverence for her mother, regardless of her beating their asses when they were kids, you know? Exactly. I just think, so when it, when it comes to documentaries, sometimes it's very tricky, especially when it's about a celebrity and they have full control over it because we all know they only tell us what they want us to know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking of other documentaries, i.e. Beyonce, anything she does, I'm telling you, she, it is so controlled. Yes. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's and she literally comes. <laughs> no big revelation. We got more tea from Megan and Harry's interview with Oprah than we ever got from a Beyonce documentary. <laughs> That's for damn sure. It's the bee machine when she puts her hands on things. (laughs) And by the way, I definitely got homecoming vibes throughout this documentary too, by the way. So, Mm. but I say that to say, you can't just drop the bomb that your mom beat the shit out of y'all. And then that's it. Like, like it was just like, boom, 
but then again, she didn't want to paint her mom as an abuser or anything like that. And to your point, the level of empathy and everything you get as an adult. But I felt like that happened a couple of times throughout uh, this documentary. And I'll bring it up where it was just like, you give us something real good, but then you just don't elaborate on it. Well, that's why I said to me, it was a glimpse because to your point, it's going to be controlled. And the narrative is what she wants the narrative to be, which is even at 50, I am living my best life. And she reiterated that throughout. She's only beginning. She's getting all these things that she's always wanted. She focused on her career, not on her personal life. A-Rod was non-existent in this documentary, even though they were together during these major moments. So she definitely painted the picture she wanted while still honoring levels of truth, which I appreciated. And to your point, she really... When I say skated over her relationships, (laughs) Uh, again, continuing on when it comes to our relationships and family, she talked about how, you know, being in the public eye and being tabloid fodder for all of her career. She's literally said in the movie, I'm not going to talk about my relationships, but what I can tell you is about me and myself in relationships. Now, I will say that sounds very healthy. But then I also feel like, come on, girl, we Because <laughs> Ben know. was the only guy that shows up in this documentary. And obviously, they're now together, Jennifer mm-hmm. 2.0. Um, but here are the takeaways that I did appreciate. She said, the key is to be the key for yourself, to be your own keeper, not looking for someone to have a home for you. You create your own home. So again the the growth i'm sure and the maturity and understanding your your responsibility and relationships coming as a whole person and whatnot i loved that i loved it because i do think that regardless of whether we try to or not being the pop culture enthusiast we are we do mark so much of j-lo's career by her relationships and by the dramas and by the marriages and all of that and for a while it did feel like j-lo could not be by herself could not be single and you always wonder like what is that is it just she's just that irresistible out here that she can't you know as soon as one man is done the next man is on his heels or there could be overlap we don't know so I did think to your point it sounded really healthy and it sounded really beautiful to hear her talk about the fact that she's reached this point where she understands that you cannot get your validation from other people you can't get your sense of security or your sense of love for other people it has to start from yourself and you have to take care of yourself in order to probably for her sustain healthier relationships as well so I thought it was great coming from again someone who has been such tabloid fodder throughout the years for her relations and adjacency to the powerful men she's been with for the most part exactly um and in that regard, she did briefly talk about divorcing um, at 42 and raising her kids who were only three years old at the time. Mm-hmm. And she realized shortly after that breakup and having her first big gig with American Idol that she was able to find her purpose. And she realized that she wanted to, you know, work on her singing, acting and dancing more. And again, her work drive and work ethic was 
tremendously impressive throughout this film when she was getting sick which she apparently never gets sick and she's like oh you'll never know i'm like that doesn't seem healthy to me but (laughs) she's always been noted for being a workaholic even guys she's dated talk about the only person who works harder than me is her like that's known um in terms of her work ethic i'm so glad you said that because a-rod just today this came out he's on the martha stewart podcast which apparently i need to listen to because she is dropping all the tea about wishing her friends would die so she can get their man um wow that is something she said and everybody's like oh it's a joke she's probably dead ass uh, <laughs> <laughs> what did i say in the resort to love recap i don't want any man sis i want your man <laughs> um so, of course, Martha, as a write about his relationship with J-Lo, and this is what he says, and I quote, you know, Martha, uh, thank goodness, no regrets. Life is good. And he was like, I'm fortunate to have my family. And when talking specifically about J-Lo, he says, she's the most talented human being I've ever been around. Hardest worker. And I think she is the greatest performer live performer in the world today that's alive so Mm. wow that was a huge compliment and again helpful to what we're talking about also in terms Mm -hmm. of j-lo keeps a check Mm. (laughs) okay beyonce is the greatest living entertainer but i appreciate that sir (sighs) that part flat out Let's go ahead and talk about the Hustler promotion. So again, this film is highlighting mainly a concentrated moment in time in Jennifer Lopez's life. And Hustlers being one of the biggest projects she's frankly ever done. Honestly, in my personal opinion, the most significant role um, since Selena, when it comes to like the prestige of mm-hmm. it all, mm-hmm. um, we see her. We we know that the range exactly, exactly. We see that she's a producer. She said that it was all um, mostly women um, behind the scenes and in front of the camera um, set. Uh, she it first premiered at the TIFF. Um, film festival that's the Toronto International Film Festival and a lot of Oscar buzz and for those who may not remember Hustler was a moment in time it highlighted the early odds right before the big um, recession uh, in 2008 and it just it just follows the lives of uh, strippers in New York uh, so this was also controversial because she was a stripper and she literally let her as hang out <laughs> you know she, she looked phenomenal phenomenal she talked about how vulnerable she felt both you know emotionally as well as physically and you know during this time um specifically at the palm springs film festival uh the director talked about how we take j-lo for granted do you think that's the case I don't think I take J-Lo for granted. I have been a supporter of J-Lo's projects for years. Um, Arguably, probably since she really first came on the scene with Selena. I've been a fan. I'm more of a fan of her acting than I actually am of her music. Just because 
I think J-Lo's music ranges quite a bit and tends to lean much more heavily pop with a lot of her tracks yes. than I prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, but her talent on stage is absolutely undeniable. But I fell in love with her as an actress in Selena and I followed her ever since. And as I said, when I did my uh, hidden gym section with this, she was robbed of that Golden Globe for Hustlers. Robbed. And the Oscar nominations because th- this was the 92nd. I can't even get to the Oscars, Delora, because I can't yeah. get over the Golden Globe. Yeah. I yeah. was as crushed but as they were. Absolutely. Absolutely. And she should have gotten an Oscar for Selena. If we give Oscars for Silver Linings Playbook to Jennifer Lawrence, that will always irk me. I did enjoy that film and I was a fan of hers at the time. So I I think I got caught up in the hype. But I think the thing with Jennifer is she definitely got Jennifer Lawrence. That is she was definitely oversaturated. I feel like we knew all her tricks after a while. I enjoy that film as well. I've watched it multiple times, but to me, that was not an Oscar worthy performance. If, if we talk about tiers of Oscar worthy performances to me, there are people who at times get it when they don't deserve it because they've had the career that warranted getting it regardless. Jennifer Lawrence was not that yet. And she did not, in my opinion, deserve it for that particular performance. Well, she was nominated prior. Yeah, I know she was, but yeah, but for, but she had, she's not Leonardo DiCaprio. She hasn't been working in this industry for years. And all of a sudden it's like, well, I guess Leo got to go be half freaking dead before he can finally get his Oscar. Although Denzel Wilson Washington, why why yeah. Denzel gotta be crooked before he took it? I'm saying this. <laughs> I don't I don't want to take away. I love Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> I, what I'm saying is there's this perception that I have a lot of times that white women and white people in Hollywood get accolades over people of color for much less. We Absolutely. will put on stellar <laughs> amazing performances but we're not there yet jennifer lopez acted her ass off in selena and let's not forget angela bassett and what's love got to do that is the biggest robbery probably in the history right there girl did you i'm off my like... soapbox i'm off my soapbox i'm sorry <laughs> thank you thank you no so do you feel like this Oscar talk was too soon? You think they were hyping her up? You think? Do you think they should have just let it happen instead of just, again, she was getting all types of um, acclaim from the media. She was, we saw her crying over a Glamour magazine article talking about her performance. Like, is there a way to tamper, you know, expectations? I don't think there is because I think everybody really did think that this was her moment. I think everybody did think in the culmination of time and effort and whatever her labor that she put into this, the production, the quality of the performances, all of that, that this was going to be her moment. And I think when you're at a JLo caliber and you've gotten all the things and you've reached all the milestones, I mean, yeah, everybody's going to be in your ear talking about, Hey, you about to get this Oscar. You about to get this Oscar. It's just unfortunate that there's no way to really not sip the Kool Aid because at some point you'd be like, you know what? I think this probably is my year. 
what else are you going to do? Like, it's too, it's too overwhelming. You're doing press. You're having to do the whole ward circuit. You have your team, everybody. And that's a great point that JLo made after she didn't win the Globes. There's a whole team that surrounds her who, whose hard work is validated by these awards. Yes. I'm glad that you say that because I actually highlight that um, in my recap now as well. And the fact that they are, most of them are her day ones too, says a lot about Mm -hmm. her relationships and their faith in her and her faith in them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I find that very impressive. I mean, um, Benny Medina being her long-term her long-term manager. We had Elaine Goldsmith Thomas, who's a producer partner of hers. Even Chris Appleton, like J-Lo stays put together. Okay. That hair, that makeup. What was your favorite look from the ones that we saw? What was your favorite? Now, are we still talking about the press run? Or yeah, are we talking- for the press run. Yeah, for the press run. I really did enjoy the dress that she wore at the Palm Springs. Um, I like the floral. I just thought it was very light okay. and pretty and air- uh, airy. I, it's something that you really don't see her but in, but it makes sense because that's not a red carpet kind of look for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not in love with the Valentino at the Golden Globes, though. Um I didn't love that one because I thought it aged her a little bit, I guess. I, I felt like it was a dress for a, like, a, a little bit older. My favorite dress was that yellow dress with the bob that she wore to the yes. Hustlers event. Oh, absolutely. She looked flawless. And then there was another one. She had this gray dress with the all the cleavage out, but her hair was in like a top um, situation. J-Lo stays put together. I mean, yeah. I even love that white, like off the shoulder top with the white pants. And she had like the, the high ponytail, like, yes, yes. Loved it. Yes. Love, love, love. All right. So let's talk more about this triple threat or the celebrity, because again, Jennifer Lopez is not only, sometimes you wonder when it comes to Jennifer Lopez, like she really does it all. And do you feel like the media pushes her into some of these projects in terms of helping her get them or do you think it's just the result of her being in literally everything I can't say I feel like the media pushes her I don't think I don't feel like JLo has the hype of of the machine in that way I think people love to speculate and talk about her love life but I don't feel like I get the machine surrounding her career necessarily as much maybe I don't maybe I just haven't paid as much attention to it because again so much of her life and career has been focused on these relationships honestly and I kind of feel bad about it now that I was watching this documentary but no I can't say that in terms of some other celebrities who I feel like get pushed by the media machine I can't say she's one of them for me yeah so you think she's literally in everything and we just get a chance to hear about her her projects as well as her relationships all at the basically same time. <laughs> like because she sells first of all she's a beautiful woman yes. so let's not forget that beauty yeah. is currency so Very obviously true. they're going to want to continue to promote someone who looks like j-lo looks and i totally and understand and get like that. that now at 50. yeah 
I totally understand that it's Hollywood. It's Hollywood, okay? Beautiful women have always been out here prominent. But again, I don't feel like it's been as much for the acclaim of like her talent. So in this documentary, they do talk about her journey, you know, from the beginning. Although most of the highlight obviously is for the hot, you know, the halftime show and all the projects that were going on around that particular time. We got a chance to do a few flashbacks, which I appreciate. And of course, I love good flashback. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a chance to see what was going on in her head during the time where she literally had the number one movie and the number one album in the country at the same damn time. Okay. But guess what everybody was so busy talking about? They were talking about how she couldn't sing. They were talking about her her image, her natural body, her bootay, and of course her relationships, as we mentioned before. Were you surprised when she talked about how she dealt with low self-esteem? No. I think that yeah. it would be, for one, probably hard to escape being unscathed by such harsh criticism that she experienced. But again, we talked about some of the wondering about how she was feeling about things, given her relationships kind of jumping back to back to back here, 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 and how she was feeling and what she was really going through during all these moments. So it didn't surprise me, but it saddened me. Because again, we the same way when we've talked about the Britney documentaries and all this stuff, once you remember, not that you forget, but once you see and feel and hear the humanity of these people who are behind all of these headlines and all of these shenanigans, you're like, damn, you're right. It is messed up when you watch the pile on of everybody talking shit about you. Yeah, yeah. And to your point, referencing Britney, the fact that J-Lo is still rocking in her 50s, I mean, again, this documentary alone highlighting so many things. Her walking down uh, the Versace oh, runway that Versace and everything dress. like that. But J-Lo appears to still be in her right mind. Like she has not lost it to, and, and uh, at least not publicly, but alcohol or drugs or anything like that. She, we see her working out. She's notorious. Uh, she's known for having water in her bedazzled cup. Like she seems healthy. You know what I mean? And that's, that's a beautiful point. That is a beautiful point. Hollywood eats people for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yes. So that is the fact that she has not only had the longevity, she's retained and improved her talents in many ways and been able to keep her mental stability. Because even different between her and Beyonce, Beyonce never discloses a lot of personal detail besides Lemonade. We yes. never hear her talk about the trials and tribulations, really. Yes. And J-Lo has had to be so much more public facing with her relationships and with things that have happened. Yes. That a lot of that would drive a lot of people to addictions and issues. So that's a beautiful point. Yeah. And even with her kind of like the sick situation, she was like, she's able to mask it in 
public. Even I if mean, I'm sick, you'll never know I'm sick. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> when, she, when she was talking about the breakups and everything, she's like, she always made sure her face, you know, she had Oh, a, yeah. She kept facing, it moving. Yeah. Well, you know, she's a Leo. So maybe they got something. I don't know. Well, it's also, again, I think talking about speaking to the her upbringing, that toughness, that mental yes. toughness was yes. definitely seemingly fortified by, she talks about, I was raised by very strong, strong women. Yes. So, you know, we always talk about that with Hollywood celebrities. Family is so important. Your, your structure that you have, your support that you have makes or breaks your mental as well as, I don't want to say your longevity, because I know some people do it without, but girl, it's it's tough. It it would be. It absolutely would be. I mean, she was out here hosting Saturday Night Live. Like, she... <laughs> J-Lo was definitely having a renaissance during uh, the scope of this film, which was 2019 to 2020. And they talked about how she launched freaking google images yeah her 2000 grammys dress all right ashley let's talk about this halftime show i have a lot of things to say about this because i feel like she irks me a little bit in this section of her documentary during her press run with hustlers Everyone was speculating whether or not she would be taking the halftime show because it would be in Miami, February 2nd, 2020, which is a very, very special day. Thank you very much. Um, That's Amara's birthday. I'm aware. (laughs) I'm aware. (laughs) And, you know, we see throughout the documentary moments when she didn't know and then the moment that she really did know right during the press tour and she found out that she would be sharing the spotlight with none other Shakira who Mm -hmm. is critically acclaimed huge in the Latin community pop star and Jennifer Lopez said that this was the worst idea in the world was it from her perspective and her team's perspective I actually understood it because again it's like put some respect on my name though y'all have given this platform to all these other artists allowed them to put their show together decide what guests they want all this and that and Shakira and I neither of us deserve the platform to have to ourselves this year to kind of craft our own show it's a finite amount of time it's a huge stage a lot of people wait a long time to get this opportunity so I understood it unfortunately for me it's not a noteworthy halftime show that I really recall really I enjoyed it I really did enjoy it um Obviously, we talked about this in our recaps when when it happened. I felt like it was extremely entertaining. And I was just so surprised that J-Lo was absolutely on a stripper pole. You know what it may have been? (laughs) Why I don't recall this? I may have boycotted the Super Bowl that year. 
probably I don't even remember that may that be why I don't remember this performance like but that we did talk about this you know what I mean I just felt like yes her and her team felt slighted but I really also felt like you are you kind of got to get over yourself a little bit because most of the halftime shows I remember starred anywhere from two to three to five acts you know what I mean at a time one of my favorites was when Britney Spears in scene Aerosmith Mary J Blige were all on stage singing together mm-hmm. um Coldplay not, Bruno Beyonce. Beyonce the one that just happened this year Dr. Dre Snoop Dogg Kendrick Lamar Mary J Blige like this is what happens at the I Super think, Bowl. I think at the same time, though, what she's saying is there's still an artist who got to kind of curate, like Coldplay. That was their set they decided to do and bring out their guests. Dr. Dre, that was his set. He decided who the additional guests. I think that's the that was the mentality that she was talking about. There's certain artists who, to be honest, would not have even accepted it if it was going to be a shared stage like this. So i I don't have a problem with like uh, knowing yourself and knowing your worth and feeling like this was my time and this should have been my year to do this shit myself. It's not, I don't feel like it was a disrespect to Shakira. I think she uh, respects and loves Shakira, but I also think that put some respect on my name in terms of who I am and the longevity I've had in this game. So two things to that point. Um, the first, so during the press run of the remake of father of the bride, uh, the media was asking Gloria Stefan if she would have performed at the Super Bowl. And because obviously she's a big deal in Miami. Yeah. And she was like, imagine what JLo would say if I would have been a third. <laughs> I was like, oh, the shade. Oh my gosh. That is from CNN that I'm looking at, but it tickled me so much. Um, and I also want to highlight this. Uh, it was a really good article from The Atlantic uh, talking about the documentary. It says uh, J-Lo's tragic fame cycle. And it does a really good job. And it talks about, uh, and I quote, she's been a dancer and a movie star and a pop singer and an entrepreneur and a reality TV mainstay and part of the reason for the existence of Google images. And they were just talking about how like, she really does it all. But the documentary talks about, as I mentioned before, the the highs and lows of a career. And to the point of um, the worst idea in the world, it says, since halftime launched on Netflix, it's made the gossip headlines for a throwaway comment J-Lo made about the halftime show. And basically they're saying that uh, J-Lo hasn't spoken publicly about the apparent backlash, but the quote, cherry picking of her words already proves halftime's point that J-Lo attracts judgment with every move. Mm, I felt that after I watched the scene that was so like, talked about in terms yeah. of her, you know, talk that I really did feel like at first I was like, is she talking shit about Shakira? And then when I actually watched it, I was like, that's not what it was. It was, she was upset because 
the time was so crunched. You know, it was six minutes. We got to figure this out. It was a all private moment between one other person. It wasn't like she was telling her whole team, this is the worst idea in the world. <laughs> and again, it was because now we have to figure out the logistics for a very shortened, abbreviated performance. So for me, and you know, I've talked about, I, I feel this way across the board, especially with female artists and female and women in the industry do what you say what you need to say and do what you need to do because a man would not hold his tongue that's very true and they actually talked about those headlines about j-lo but they didn't say anything about it they just they just pointed out yeah 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 so they didn't confirm or deny any of it though of the quote-unquote diva behavior the second point that i was going to refer to is she only showed her part of the halftime and not the entire show with Shakira. Do you think that was shady or nah? Nah, because it's her documentary. Like, and this is a storytelling documentary. Am I going to show the whole 20 minute or 12 minute, however long halftime show in my documentary? No, I'm hitting the highlights. She hits, she still included her in the rehearsal parts. She still included her in that last final scene where they sway the hips and hit the yep. mark and, you know, yeah. and, and showed love between them, showed her talking about her son. I mean, to me, it wasn't that deep. It really wasn't. All right, Ashley. I have a rapid fire question for you before we conclude this recap. Um, we kind of talked about this, but I'm just curious. What was the biggest revelation for you for this documentary? Again, I definitely did not know some of the things about her mom, but I will say that the biggest revelation to me was that J-Lo would have ever been at a point where she was feeling insecure about where she was once she had reached certain levels of her career. That Mm. was very surprising to me. Not that it can't happen, but almost like that you would admit it out loud or like be talking about it as a part of it. I appreciated it, but I wasn't ready for it because I do think that you start to see these powerhouse celebrities and entertainers as not necessarily untouchable, but like, oh, you've accomplished so much. How could you, how could you ever feel that way? You know, and if you feel that way, imagine what other people feel as they progress (laughs) at different points. Yeah. Yeah. Like our, uh, us regular Joe Schmoes out here. How do you think we feel as we're continuing to age and, you know, try to stay relevant in our careers and in our lives and all these things. So I didn't expect it, but I appreciated that level of vulnerability for her, from her especially because I was just watching feud with mm. Betty Davis and with Joan Crawford and so oh my, that's yeah <laughs> and so because girl we've been down with COVID so I've yeah. been watching a lot of stuff <laughs> and so I was like let me go ahead and watch this season that Ryan Murphy did a feud and age especially as a woman will always be a factor in Hollywood yeah, yeah. Hopefully it's not as severe and felt as severely as it was back then when you didn't have as much control over your career and opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. But again, appreciated the vulnerability. But you see women like Jennifer Lopez, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, they have to take the reins to find parts. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to get behind the scenes. You have to start playing with that money. All right. What was missing from this documentary for you? What was missing? 
Mm, that's a good question. I guess I didn't come away from it feeling like I needed something more, but maybe the only thing that it would have been nice to get a little bit more depth on would have been just a little nugget here or there about, you know, where she was in that time in terms of looking back on her relationships beyond her one statement. Like, what are some of the lessons you feel like you took now that you're at this stage in your life that maybe other women can relate to or can grab from it? I know, again, she had the great gem about, you know, yourself, but I'm just saying over all this time now, given that, you know, you love love, she loves love. That is obvious. Yes. (laughs) What what are some of those lessons, sis, that you want to impart upon us? You know what I'm saying? I did love how they ended it, though, on the inauguration and on that. It was a very powerful moment that to wrap up the documentary. So I thought it was really well done. I thought so, too. I I felt like there was more. I, I wanted more interviews. Um, from the people around her and the people mm. that she loved because getting the random sim- snippets from her mom, dad, and Ben Affleck was just kind of random for me. It would have been nice to have, again, maybe her sisters have something to say. Even Mark Anthony, I know they're on good terms. I don't know. I just, it, 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 in that regard, I kind of, I wanted more. And then I do think overall they did a great job you know, highlighting what was truly in scope for this documentary. It, it was not a, a an epic <laughs> documentary from birth to yeah. now, mm-hmm. but I wish the family and home life was a little bit more just because again, it just felt like, all right, here's a little bit of stuff where I came from, mm-hmm. from the rocks. And I did a little in color a little bit. Uh, they talked about my butt, and then there was Selena, and now I'm Jennifer Lopez. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, and then my two final questions in this rapid, <laughs> rapid fire seg- segment. What's your favorite J-Lo movie? And then what's your favorite J-Lo song? My favorite J-Lo movie is still Selena, but a close second is The Wedding Planner. I freaking love, love the wedding planner guys you don't have to stress that hard because when i tell you my obsession with the love with the wedding (laughs) i loved the wedding planner so much i thought i was going to be a wedding planner like because inspirational loved weddings and i've always been you know event planner extraordinaire and all that through my youth swore And then I, again, she was always so fashionable on the screen, outside, you know, on the red carpets and everything. And then let's not talk about Matthew McConaughey. In his heyday right there. Heyday. And that's the level of love interest that uh, J-Lo deserves because to this day, I will not rewatch Made in Manhattan because that was not the caliber of love interest for my girl Jennifer Lopez. He had just done Red Dragon and I saw Red Dragon before Made in Manhattan and I was I was tormented. I, I feel scarred. And I'm not even going to talk about Marry Me. So let me uh, address my favorite Jennifer Lopez song. You know what's funny is, again, I'm much more about J-Lo the actor than I am about J-Lo the musician. But 
when it comes to the music that I can think about from J-Lo, there was no like standout song to me. And then I watched Marry Me and I love that fucking soundtrack. The entire soundtrack. I thought it was just me. No, I I was was like every song that I'm hearing. It was a bop. I love. So it's good. Pick, take your choice of something off of the Actually, Mary soundtrack for I my favorite J Lo song. The music was better than the actual movie. By oh, the it was way. way better. It was exceptional. The music, again, especially because I am not a J Lo stand when it comes to the music. I was like, I'm loving this soundtrack. Love. So take your pick. There you go. What about and, you? And so for my favorite J Lo movie, it would be the wedding planner, Selena, Jack, R.I.P. Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Her role was small, but it was very impressionable. And I saw that movie when I was super young. I think what she only liked the red Skittle or something like something sweet in particular about that. And I actually, when I realized it was her, I was like, oh, that was Jennifer Lopez. I really appreciate her films. And then, of course, Monster-in-Law. I, oh, I yeah. That's in my top J-Lo 5. Out of Sight is in my top J-Lo 5, too. Her and George Clooney. Oh, sizzling chemistry. Really? Hot fire lava. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I need to find it. They're two um, very good-looking people. So it's absolutely. hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to not. My favorite J-Lo song. So I have three. The two of them are more recent. De Niro. Mm. De Niro, De Niro, De Niro. Hey! And then Love of My Life, which is from the Marry Me soundtrack, which is yeah, like, man. I am the love of the love of my life. Love, Like, love it song. was a great soundtrack. And I'm saying, like, I loved, like, Jenny from the Block and, like, a lot of those hits that she's yes. had. But there's yes. something about this soundtrack that I really gravitated towards. And then the third is Ain't It Funny. And this is the original, not the remix. Oh, okay. The original- So J- has Ja Rule a, was not on there. He was not. The original had a more of a, a Latin flair, or Spanish flair to it that I really enjoyed. And, but apparently, you know, the remix is the one that most people remember. So with that being said, Ashley, any final thoughts? I'm glad you did this documentary, J-Lo. Again, you reinforced and expanded on my appreciation for your artistry and the respect that I have for all of your accomplishments. I look forward to seeing what you do next, girl. Absolutely. I appreciate her showing us her work ethic, her stamina. Like that period of time, press tour for Hustlers, 50th birthday, halftime show rehearsals, filming marry me finishing up a residency performing at the inauguration that is insanity yeah it is and she made it look good all those red carpets all those interviews in between just blown away blown away bravo j-lo and uh, again at the very very end they were like in case you didn't get what we were trying to say to this date jennifer lopez has so 80 million records, 15 billion streams. Uh, They talked about her social media following of 350 million. Like the fact that they went to the social media following, I'm like, y'all are getting particular. 
That's um, relevant for these days. Exactly. And of course, um, she's done 40 films grossing over $3 billion. Like, yeah, I also appreciate the highlight of some of the work she's doing in the community because that's something I had no awareness of either. That's very true. Very true. So, all right, JLo, she got a birthday coming up. Shout out July birthdays. Whoop, whoop. July mm-hmm. 24th. She's a Leo. <laughs> <laughs> if there's nothing else, Ashley, time for hitting gems. All right. I have three hidden gems because, again, I've been watching a lot of ish since I've been stuck in the house with COVID. So my first is Loot on Apple TV+. Plus. I was so excited to watch this show just by the tease that Apple TV did for it. So I had it on like my what's next list, which I never do. Um, she did the, the wing champ thing. And I didn't know that that was for the show when you sent it to me. So I'm glad I didn't watch it because when I mm-hmm. saw it in the show, I was like, this would have spoiled it for me had I watched um, the clip before I got um, to see the context of yes. what was happening in the show. Um, but the show definitely did not disappoint me. Maya Rudolph is receiving some great and well-deserved praise for her performance. She stars as a very rich woman who divorces her husband and comes away with billions. Uh, and she decides to get back to work through her nonprofit. I think it's only going to be six episodes. There's five out as of now, which is a bummer. It's so good. I wish there were more. Um, but again, currently five episodes out there on Apple TV Plus. It's a great ensemble cast, including MJ Rodriguez. So I encourage everybody to check it out. My second hidden gem is The Bear on Hulu. Our boy Lip from Shameless, a.k.a. Jeremy Allen White, leads oh, this series. I didn't watch Shameless. He was the son, right? He was one of the kids. He was one of the Gallagher's. I say mm-hmm. our boy for, for the Shameless fans out yes, there. Yes, yes, yes. Because Lip is was one of the prominent family members. Um, he stars as a talented young chef who returns to his family restaurant in Chicago to run it. Um, it, sh- it was a stressful show to watch, honestly, because just watching the pace and stress of like the kitchen environment is stressful, but it was so good. And standout Sydney played by, I want to pronounce this right, and I hope I do, Ayo Edabiri kept me through the eight episode first season run so I really enjoyed it it's another one that I've been hearing and reading great things about I think Lip is even out here um getting some fans um uh crushing on them based on this performance because women love men who can cook Um, okay yeah my girlfriend uh Kylea told me about this show she says she was enjoying it so yeah it was a good one it's a really good one so that's my second hidden gem the bear on Hulu and then my final one Maggie on Hulu this is another one that I was actually anticipating because I had seen a clip for it and I was like oh this is gonna be cute it's a story about a psychic who suddenly sees glimpses of her own future that really shake up her world it's 13 episodes it was hefty for a streaming for a first season um it was cute and light I really liked it very um is it a comedy uh it's horror? a comedy no it's a okay. comedy it's it's light it's it's like you know a rom-com-ish type of okay. series okay so and it focuses on her her family her relationships all those very in her career because again she's a psychic which they don't shy away from the fact that people think it's weird that she's a psychic so I really enjoyed it 13 episodes check it out and those are my hidden gems for this week Delora what about you 
All right. So I have two this week. The first, boo, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) It's a new Netflix comedy starring our girl, Lana Condor. We love her from To All the Boys Have Left Before. Yeah. She's starring as a teenager in high school, senior year, her and her best friend. Uh, Gia played by Zoe Margaret they're pretty much nerds and they didn't really live it up for their high school um, experience and so they have a few weeks left in their senior year and they want to try new things unfortunately Lana's character dies and she's a ghost but somehow she's able to interact in (laughs) her high school world and she's making drastic changes to become popular and hang out with the cool kids and you know kiss the cute guy that she's well you know was crushing on all all school year so I've started it I've watched some of the first episode was the boots supposed to be a nod to the wick like to the wicked witch of the west like the wizard of oz that is a great question I'm sure that was a reference but no spoiler, but there's nothing that, you know, really stands out. That's like a direct, like, yes, okay, okay. Wizard of Oz, but it is definitely a nod for okay. sure. Okay. Um, but yeah. And I think, I think our girl Lana does a good job in this role because, you know, we, we go from dorky, you know, kid to what what she'll be like hanging out with popular kids is she the same is she not we don't know mm-hmm. so she gives us a bit of a range all right and my second one is jennifer lopez queen of rom-coms her latest marry me starring owen wilson and maloma this movie was an easy watch. It's now available on Amazon Prime, which before it was in theater slash Paramount, but I was really excited when uh, it became available on Amazon because I didn't have to pay for it because hmm. um, it was just an easy watch. It was a cute rom-com, but to your point earlier, Ashley, Jennifer Lopez falling for Owen Wilson is a is a stretch frankly girl especially when you're coming from maloma to owen wilson and obviously it's all about the heart in this story do you think it was interesting that they never commented on the age difference i'm sure that's intentional because j-lo is in this season of her career where they didn't really say how old she was in the show period Mm -hmm. they just said a woman north of 35 Mm-hmm. That is the most that they made in terms of her. Yeah, Maloma is twenty eight. <gasps> I didn't realize he was that young. Wowzer! But I mean, Maloma also is that stupid. If he can get a J Lo, I'm sure he would get a J Lo. That man was born in nineteen ninety four. So make it stop. Make <laughs> it stop. He's too young for me. <laughs> goodness but uh, to our conversation earlier the soundtrack was a lot of fun like I literally have it on my iTunes and Amara and I've been like playing literally almost all the songs except for church church is a little cheesy but 
if you like a good rom-com and like I said, easy watch is something to watch. So that's all I have for today. When I tell you, even Johnny texted me and said, why is Hollywood trying to make Orwell send a leading man and putting him with my girl J-Lo? Like, stop this. Stop it. You know, I told David, I was like, the most attractive Owen Wilson has ever been would be his character from Loki when he was Morbius. And I'm only saying that because (laughs) I felt like I really enjoyed his character. But I'm like, I, and this, again, that was a role he played, but that, and of course, I love him in Wedding Crashers, but it's just, no, he's not a leading man. He's not like our Mark Ruffalo's or, who else is a fun um, Topher Grace? You remember we watched <laughs> when a date with Ted Hamilton, or we oh we yeah watched us <laughs> in the hotel. Yeah, while we were in New Orleans. Now, see if y'all gave me a Josh Dumail, understandable, right? Understandable. Oh I'm referring to Topher. I understand, the- but I'm saying if you gave me a Josh Dumail, understandable with a J Lo. Y'all play too much. Y'all too play much. entirely too much, but. Thank you for that, Delora. Thank you so much. And guys, thank you for listening. We appreciate y'all. Absolutely. Thank you for waiting for us. We we appreciate the time we had. And we're glad to be back. Absolutely. We will be back on Thursday with more headlines and hot topics in these streets. We look forward to talking and spilling tea with y'all. Then see y'all. Bye.